Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. Let's get serious for a moment. When you have a legal problem, you need a lawyer that understands you as a person. So get a lawyer that understands who you are. You are a drag racer, so get a drag race lawyer. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen in top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Hey, today is episode number eight. It is the second week of June. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we have just an all-star episode for you today. So uh, start cleaning the shop change your oil, make the commute, mow the yard, whatever it is that you do while you're listening to these podcasts. Um, let's, let's get it going. Um, we will today, we will get you up to date on some results and some standings. We will talk about a transformer, a uh, real live one, and then bring you two Jegs all-star champs. Uh, Darian Bosch, the youngest ever Jegs all-star champion and top dragster and then Kynan Dinkle is your top sportsman, Jegs All-Star champ. Both of these guys on the show today, really excited about that. Um, but before we get to today's show, get at me um, on Twitter. It's at Fast Brackets. On Facebook, uh, like the Facebook page, The Fast Brackets Podcast. And then, as always, you can email me at uh, fastbrackets at outlook.com. Get strapped in, fired up, because here we go. All right, as we get ready to make a pass, let's get them in the water box. Let's heat them up. Let's get those tires hot and talk about some hot topics. Um, And we actually have two topics real quick um, here today. But uh, the first one, sometimes in life, we got to pull out the data logger. So, um, you know, a lot of times as drivers, we make the pass, we know something went wrong. Um, for instance, I'll, I'll talk about myself again. When I, um, put my car in the wall a couple of weeks ago, I knew immediately there was something on the track. I just, I felt something was on the track. I didn't feel a mechanical break. I knew something was on the track. I immediately asked the track personnel. They cleared it up and said, sure was, but it was your car, Rex. So, um, I had to deal with that, but sometimes as drivers, we know, uh, something's gone wrong or we know what the car is doing, but the data logger helps us put it into perspective. So we have to do that in life also. And, um, what happened last week? Um, I had to, I had to adjust. I had to go back to the tape. I had to look at the data. And, um, what happened was Steve Kasner caught me off guard. He was incredible. Um, as a guest, um, the, the response was fantastic. I mean, I got so many messages, so many comments. Hey, Steve was 
unbelievable. Uh, loved having him on the show. And he caught me um, off guard, so I did not tag him. He deserves the podcast certification tag. Steve, you get that, so we're going to make sure you're aware of that. Um, All of our experts that we bring on, like Ed Harney, um, like we had last week, all those guys have essentially the tag. As hot topics come up, as we get – messages and and interest from the listeners to talk about certain topics all those all those guys are on call so to speak so so that that's not a thing but from a driver standpoint um to get tagged you got to bring it we've had great guests so far but i was remiss uh just because uh steve turned the tables on me a little bit and i will not allow that going forward that is not going to happen the driver's not going to ask me questions anymore. I'm going to be doing the questions, but Steve got me off guard. So he gets the podcast tag certification SFI. Um, he's all set. Um, but as drivers, um, you know, bring the heat just like Steve did. Um, I ultimately make the decision, but I had to go to the data on this one and it was overwhelming. Um, I needed to adjust. That's exactly what we do in life. And, um, the data helped us with that one. Um, additionally, we've got a great podcast here for you today. The interviews are going to be off the charts. I can't wait. But it, but both of these drivers are Jegs All-Stars winners. And what I think is so neat about the Jegs All-Stars is that you have the opportunity to actually go head-to-head with your competitor. So in, in a general national championship run it would not be uncommon for a driver from division one and a driver from division seven never to ever pull into the same property together and have a chance to line up in the in the same uh with the same christmas tree so obviously um that happens more and more on the divisional level, but on a national level, that doesn't happen um, or doesn't have to happen. I mean, it, could, it would be easy that it wouldn't happen. So with the JEGS All-Star event, you get the best of the best, bam, bring them together, put them in the same staging lanes, let them fight it out. And I think that is just makes for an, an incredible event. So um, give uh, both of those guys um, – um, a lot of credit for winning that, and uh, I cannot wait to talk to him. Okay, let's stick it in the beams here. Joining us now in the left lane, um, the youngest ever Jegs All-Star champion. He is the driver of the MKD Racing Top Sportsman and Top Dragster race cars. He is currently number 10 in the NHRA National Top Dragster Points and currently number 27th in National Top Sportsman Points. He is your 2019 JEGS All-Star Top Dragster Champion. Welcome to the show, Darian Bosch. Darian, how are you? Man, I'm doing good just getting through the work day. I got to say, when you say it like that, it definitely... uh. It sounds a little bit better than whenever I say it, but yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on for sure. You know, I'm excited to get this deal going, brother. You earned it, so um, thanks for coming on. Um, it's it is quite a 
quite a uh, challenge that you conquered here um, as a, yes, being the Jags All-Star, but uh, why don't you take us back and tell us how you got started in the sport? Uh, way, way back, you know. Uh, and hold on, I should tell my- the I should tell the listeners that you're 19, so when yes, when we say take you back, it's not that long <laughs> ago for some of us. No. Man, for me, uh, way back, you know, I'm just kind of young and dumb, you know, 19. But, um, man, uh, way, way back when Dad was my age, well, I say way, way back. It's not like he's he's that, that old. He's only 51. But, um, man, back when my dad was my age, he used to have a Camaro and all that with some nitrous on a button. And, you know, he used to go out there racing. And, um, and uh, man, as soon as my mom had me, he used to have dragsters and all. He used to bracket race a lot. And, uh, man, he used to do that all the time, and he'd hit a bunch of big money stuff back then. And, um, man, I remember back uh, four years old maybe, and Dad was working on one of his his, um, cars, putting a motor in it, and he had the body panels off, and he had me put my hand on the throttle panel, kind of bring the RPMs up, crack the throttle a little bit. And, uh, man, I've been – Beyond Hook, that's the first real memory I actually have, believe it or not. You know. That's all she wrote. You're hooked. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was dad shot me up right there. He took the needle, put it in my vein, and he ain't quit. <laughs> dad 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 has not quit shooting me up ever since, you know? That is uh man, truer words have never been said, brother. That is exactly <laughs> true. Um well, he's uh, he's put some heavy doses in you at this point. So uh, why don't you uh, why don't you talk us through um, your cars? The let's start with the top dragster version yes, and sir. tell tell us about that that ride. Um, man, they're all kind of relatively the same thing. To be totally honest. Uh, no two cars for us have been built the same. I know it's kind of weird, but we have uh, – my top dragster car was a TNT built originally, but it was fixed by Bob's ProFab kind of a uh, year or two ago about. And, um, man, it's been killer ever since. Just, just got a, a, a 540 big block with a 1471 high helix truck forward blower on it, roots blown, and uh, – Bill Doucette does my motors. Uh, Marco Abruzzi does the transmission. And, um, man, they got me set up good. You know, my dad's tuning it right. And and just everything's pretty much the same, really. You know, everything's kind of interchangeable. So, um, and being that we do have four or five cars, you know, the whole thing about us is we like to keep things kind of simple. So that way, you know, you can go from motor to motor. You know, you can put it in whatever car, and it, it's – it's not so much a pain, you know, you don't have to have so many extras, but, um, yeah, everything's pretty much really the same. I mean, it's, it's nothing really trick. It's just, I mean, your normal 540 that you find in a lot of these boosted applications, you know, it's, it's all pretty much the same thing. Yeah. That's, um, it's kind of the same, but it's, it's also, um, some heavy horsepower there. So, um, yes, sir. you, your stable, you said is five cars. If I understand yes, it, sir. it's, it's four dragsters in a, in a door car is that correct yes sir yes there is the uh four dragsters my dad's got two top dragsters and i have my top dragster in the bracket car and the one door car yes sir talk to us um about the door car you um 
you you just got that uh, not too long ago, correct? Uh, tell us about that dude. Man, uh, more so kind of recently. Uh, we picked it up at the end of the last year. Um, and, man, it it was the best build experience we'd, we'd had. And we've only ever built one brand-new door car. We had a Grand Am prior to this from Rick Jones. But, um, no, it's a Jerry Haas car. It's a 2018 Camaro. Uh, 115-inch wheelbase, no power glide transmission, the normal stuff, like I said, uh, and nothing's really trick on it. It's just uh, Mark Williams' rear end, you know, it's got a 411 rear gear, uh, same motor and all that. Uh, it's got the Hoosier tires on. It's the only car we run the Hoosiers on. Um, man, it's the smoothest ride that I've I've – I've really had so far, you know, I mean, it's a really, really good piece. Uh, Mr. Jerry and them and, uh, John, man, everybody in the shop, they set it up right. We haven't had to touch a bar since we got it. And, uh, man, it's been a dream to drive. I mean, I can't even, I mean, there's no other way to really say, you know, it's just a fun, fun car to drive. You know, the burnouts are fun. Um, the visibility is low, but you know, it's a lot of fun to drive. Uh, yeah that's fantastic um so you you've got two really really bad hot rods there and um and and you've got a great crew to go along with it um who's who's all in the crew who goes with you on race day when you're entering both top sportsman and top dragster uh it's just me my mom my dad and my two little puppy dogs (laughs) (laughs) um man uh my mom does so much for us Mom never really gets the recognition that I truly believe that she she needs to get because she she does a lot more than people think. Like she she uh, mainly my mom does a lot of the computer stuff and she does um, man she does the air she <laughs> she deals with me and my dad all the time. <laughs> She's like the buffer between me and him because because man that's where me being like dad. I mean, I mean, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You know, you kind of bump heads every now and then. Of course. And um, mom's the buffer between that, you know, whenever we need the buffer. And, um, I mean, mom does a lot. You know, she gives me a hug before every run. I mean, everything's great. But, um, yeah, mom does all the computer stuff, you know, the data acquisition. She does all the weather stuff. Uh, yeah, she does all that. And then and my dad gets. Uh, my dad does the jets and all, and he tells me what pulleys to put on it. Uh, Dad's more or less the tuner, if you kind of want to put it like that. But, um, yeah, he he just does that. And then, uh, uh, man, he drives me to all the races. And I've tried to drive the rig a few times. He's just not there on letting me drive yet. But he, he does everything. Um, man, he tunes it and... And, uh, I mean, he's just there for me. You know, he backs me up with the door car and all that stuff. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you just worry about letting go of the button and he gets you to the track, like that's a pretty good deal for you, I think. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) man, I cannot (laughs) moan and complain one bit. Basically the way that we have it going is, is dad works to make the money, which now I'm working too, but, um, Dad works to make the money to pay for it. My work mostly is to keep it all running. So there you go. Dad's at work, and I'm mostly in the shop or after work, uh, 
mainly I'm going to be in the shop. And, man, I got a lot of maintenance and, and things that I do. But, um, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I have – I mean, in my opinion, I have the number one crew behind me. I mean, I'm I'm very close with my parents. And, and the dogs are there to look cute <laughs> and bark at whatever walks by. Man, you can find me easy. You just keep driving a golf cart, and eventually you'll hear the dogs bark. That's right. They, they don't quit. But uh, yeah, no, I got a crew, and and man, I got my friends. You know, they come bracket racing with me sometimes, and they help me a lot. But yeah, no, it's mainly just me and my parents. You know. Yeah, that um, that that's a well-oiled machine right there, and I don't think yes, the outsiders would understand how much maintenance goes into one of those bad dudes. I mean, you, you make it sound simple. That's a standard 540, you know, 1471, but there's a lot of maintenance that goes into that. And so, um, you know, that you got to have all those pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. and then if we're going to talk about your Chicago trip here a little bit, um, let's start by saying how far of a drive is it from Louisiana where you're from to Chicago? Man, let me tell you it, it almost felt like, man, it kind of felt like going from the South Pole to the North Pole, in my personal opinion. But um, uh, it, it was 13, 14 hours for us. From Ponchatoula, where we live, to uh, Chicago, Joliet area, 13, 14 hours. So, that's a I haul. mean, it's a decent drive for sure. Yeah, that's a haul. But, um, and um, just... Talk us through when you pulled in. How how'd you feel when you pulled into the gates in in Chicago? Uh, mainly things had been been going my way a little bit late. You know, I was feeling decently kind of hot going in because I've been bracket racing recently and, and and uh trying some new things and techniques because I'm 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 not past that portion in my racing career where I'm totally set in my ways. You know, I'm still trying to find what works best for me, but um. Yeah, no, I mean, I felt kind of hot pulling in the gates. You know, my confidence was, was good. And, um, and man, I just had a different feeling pulling in those gates because I didn't know what was coming. I mean, I didn't really know, you know, how I'd feel once I was in the lanes and all that. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I was feeling good pulling in the gates. And, and me and my parents all had really good feelings about what, what might eventually go down. Yeah, that's um, – it- when you pull in and you're you're riding it a little bit, that's good. Um, was there any particular round in that All Star shootout that you kind of felt like, hey, I, you know, like I got away with that one, and that might be the one that um, puts me over the hump? Yeah, uh, man, I, man, I can't even lie to you. I actually had two rounds where where either you know I knew I kind of dodged a bullet, and the other one where. I kind of felt like it might have been my day a little bit. Um, man, I, uh, uh, <laughs> well, they say that you should be, they, they say you should be, it's better to be lucky than good. Um, I kind of feel like you, you got both of those. Is that fair to say? More or less. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, I definitely got away with a good one. Well, I mean, it was not that that terrible on my part. Um, man, I let go. I was 28 on the tree, which, I mean, is not overly terrible. 
I mean, but it's it's way better than what I was first round against John Lobner. I was 43 and, you know, obviously lost. But, um, uh, man, I was 28 against Becky Miller first round. Real, uh, real nice people. I ran her husband with my door car in first round of the main race. But, um, you know, I was 28. She was, I think she was 004. And, and when it left, it kind of felt like a pig a little bit. I'm normal. Uh, my car normally leaves is like nine seventy nine eighty sixty foot, mm-hmm. but uh, it was one flat that time I think or one hundred one, I mean, which has been kind of goofy this year. But um, you know, it was kind of one flat one hundred one. Uh, it felt like it left soft, and and I just kind of knew I wasn't getting there, and I just let her go. And thankfully, she broke out. I think it was like, man, it wasn't much. It was like maybe a few thousands. Mm-hmm. So all she had to do was just lift a little bit, and she would have been maybe four total on me. I'd have been 28 on the tree and waste and runs. But, um, yeah, no, I knew I got away with one there. And then, man, second round was like, felt like do or die. I was like, man, I was running Jeff. And, man, I didn't know until I got there because I don't really like to look at the ladder until I get in the lane because I feel like you can you – can, really psych yourself out. I mean, because if you're running somebody big name who who is, you know, very good, like Jeff what is, I shouldn't say was, Jeff has, has always been, right. then, um, um, man, I mean, you can psych yourself out. And I've, I've done that to myself. But, um, sure. Yeah, no, that round, he was 15 on the tree, which, I mean, I will take his package any day. I think he was like, uh, one or two over. He was 15 and maybe one or two over, which I will take that any day. <laughs> right. But I just so happened to be 006 and I lifted a few times and I was dead on nine. I think I took like 13 or 14,000 at the finish line, I think. Yep. Something like that. But um, yeah, no, once I saw I was running him, I was kind of like, my heart sunk a little bit because I was. You know, I'm, man, I don't really know, but well, so we kind of running him would definitely kind of be, you know, the major round in the race. Yeah, no, that's that's a huge win um, to get past Jeff Strickland, and then when when you win that thing and your light comes on in the final, I mean, what, mm-hmm. do you know that you're the youngest ever Jeg All Star winner at that point? Or did that not come around till later? Uh, that thought didn't really come around until I had this group text. And, um, man, somebody mentioned it. And I didn't really know. I mean, that's not really something I totally looked into much. I mean, because, I mean, sure, you want to go in knowing that you can win. But, I mean, I didn't want to go into it with that kind of mindset. You know what I mean? Sure. But, um. More or less, I didn't really know until somebody mentioned it. It may be a possibility. Uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Mr. Kevin McKenna, I think. Yes, sir. Uh, apparently did some digging, and I believe he said from what he found that I was the youngest. But, no, I mean, that means, I mean, that means a whole lot. Um, I mean, because, I mean, even getting to be there at my age is, uh, I mean, I'm really blessed to just be able to be there with how, 
young I am, but um, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it means a lot to me to be. Well, that, that you're kind uh, of carrying the torch now for for you young up and coming uh, stars in our in our sport. I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've had, um, you know, we had uh, Kellen Farmer on to start the whole show. Um, right. You know, we've had, um, um, you know, who else do we have? Uh, oh, uh, Jimmy Sakovich we had on. Um, uh-huh. You know, you and, junior person. Yeah, and and so you three guys are are kind of carrying the torch for all of this and um yeah. man to be um to to be just a young group i mean it it's great for our sport and for the classes in general right. um talk to us a little bit about what happens once you um once you get the wind line and you come back to the to the uh pits what a, what does the jegs team do for you now that you're the champion Oh, uh, man, I drove it back. I mean, cause I was just really happy and I was in the mood for it. And, you know, it took a little, it took a little, uh, <laughs> poking my dad to let it happen. But, um, <laughs> and I drove it back to the trailer and I can't lie. I cleared it out a few times in the pits. A little bit. I, mean, I was happy. I, mean, I was happy, you know, but, um, no, I mean, I shot it off, and then uh, Mr. Jerry came by the trailer. Jerry Haas came by the trailer again, you know, told me congratulations again. Because uh, we tried to get him in the winter circle pictures. He was like, no, this is y'all's moment. But, um, man, I went back, and I think, uh, man, I had a bunch of people. I had Laughlin come up to me. Uh, Richard Freeman came up to me. Man, I had uh, – no, man, I had a really – really big name group of people come up to me and and just things like that it's not something that you ever you know know is going to happen it just kind of meant a lot to me that these big name people came up to me and even troy coughlin jr you know he was parked a good ways down or whatever but man he came up to me told me congratulations shook my hand and all those things you know they mean a lot to me i mean to a kid like me who who sees these people doing so good and and their their cars and all that and and uh and somebody that just just hopes to to uh more or less one day you know be as good as these people are in their cars and whatnot and uh win like they do it's just and it just means a lot to me darian uh the phrase is game recognizes game and they knew it when they saw you and um and uh, that that's big time, um, guys, girls. That is your um, 2019 Jegs All Star Top Dragster Champion, the youngest ever. Yes, sir. Darian, thanks so much for coming on. Um, we wish you well the rest of the season. Uh, keep yes, us posted on how things are going. That a lot. And um, yes, and we will uh, we'll we'll be in touch uh, down the line. But go get them the rest of the season. Man, I'm going to try my best. I appreciate you having me on and doing this whole podcast thing for a class that uh, may or may not be known by, you know, the masses. But, um, man, I appreciate what you're doing and having me on. And, man, I hope to be on again in the future at some point. But, yeah, I'll definitely keep you updated and, and, and we'll see how things go the rest of the year, you know. Hey, you earned it. And um, no doubt in my mind, um, you will be back. Guys, uh, I appreciate that, that. Thank you. That was Darian Bosch. Okay, joining us now in the right lane, 
He is your 2013 Crossroads Dragway Super Pro Track Champion. He is an automotive instructor at Ivy Tech College. Joining us now from Terre Haute, Indiana, your 2019 JEGS All-Star Top Sportsman Champion, Kynan Dinkle. Kynan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to do this for you. And uh, uh, had some fun. Going to have some fun. Absolutely. Hey, first things first. Uh, did you let the kids out early for this interview? Actually, they got all their stuff done early. So <laughs> <laughs> just talking about that with my boss. And uh, they got done ahead of time. Good group this semester. So I like it. Um, do they know that their teacher is uh, a JEGS All-Star champion? Do they have any idea what you do outside of the classroom? Unfortunately, um, they they do not. They Some of them do. Some of them don't. Um, I really haven't said anything to them. Um, it's not like they follow or anything along with the drag racing, but my father just actually brought me back the trophy. I haven't seen it since the Sunday we left. Okay. <laughs> he took it golfing. He took it. It was at home for a while on the kitchen table and at, at his house with my mom. And, and, uh, so he had to go show all his golfing buddies. It's like he's, the Stanley cup. Static. Yeah. It's like the Stanley oh, yeah. cup It's making the rounds. I think he's more excited about it than I am. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. <clears throat> Not really, but no, that's a that is great stuff, um, and he has good reason to be proud. Um, and I think, uh, as I understand it, he's a major influence in how you get started in the sport. Is that correct? He is. Um, you get this far into the sport, he is the reason. Um, we st- I started off uh, in in racing really kind of late, not until the mid nineties. Uh, graduated high school in ninety four and. Really didn't start playing around the drag strip until like 98, maybe 2000 time. Um, started off with a 92 Dodge pickup truck, um, 727, um, 400 out of a Newport, and uh, just was, went did the sportsman thing for a while and um, wasn't fast enough. Um, local driver here in town was selling a car, 72 Duster. We picked that up. That was a 540 big block i think in that thing it run 580s wheel stander uh people from around the area know it is the mopar missile if you're a chrysler guy you know what the mopar missile is so it was identical to that thing uh we decided to go faster again picked up a beretta from an old hoss car from wisconsin started doing a super pro thing there and that was about i think we got that car in 2006, somewhere around in there. Um, had to go all the way to 2013 before I run the championship. So it was a lot of little wins in there, but no big wins. Mm-hmm. And then um, this is my first win in Top Sportsman is this All-Star win, period, ever. Oh, I mean. Um, ever. No national, no divisionals, this. I've runnered up a few times, actually a lot last year. That's what put me in this situation is my runner-up last year. So, well, I think yeah, uh, maybe cool. Yeah, maybe that's something we should touch on because the way the Jegs All Stars put their points together, they actually start from last year, and then and there's what four events last year, and then one event this don't year. Don't hold me to it. Don't don't quote me too much. <laughs> you know that we're being recorded here and going to be on live or be on the radio. But um, 
it was the last four, if I do believe, and the first one of the next year. Right. So, um, so, so, so that um, that's interesting, in, in the fact that um, you and we'll talk about your car here first, but we'll, we're going to come back to that scenario and the fact that you ran last year with a certain setup, and that and now you uh-huh. uh, this year is a completely different setup. So that. That puts threw you the at book a away. Level. Right. Completely threw the book away. <laughs> right. Well, on let, what you're supposed to do. That, that's right. Well, let's let's go back a couple of years because I remember being at the track when you unloaded that Cavalier for the first time. Um, talk us through a little it, crossroads dragway, Terre Haute, right. Indiana. That's right. Um, but it's a bad boy. Uh, tell us about tell us about that car. Uh, it's 04 Bickle. Uh, bought it uh, from a gentleman. Um, Gonna his name's gonna run me here, um, Mr. Woods. Woods Automotive, Woods Racing Cars out of Oklahoma. Anyway, it was on Racing Junk. Uh, best, a good, real, real, real good friend of mine. He actually drives around, drives with us, and he's my uh, helper at the track. Um, except for some health issues here, at the beginning of the season, he uh, found it on Racing Junk, and I had DNQ'd. Um, three times in a row in a tough sportsman car that we tried to put together. And uh, my father, you know, you drive, that's a long drive home from Norwalk mm-hmm. and Joliet to Terre Haute when you don't get to make an E1 pass. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough to swallow. Division three, as you know, it is the fastest division in the country. And if I'd have been in any other division, I'd have been okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to move up and move home or move away from home just to go racing. So we decided to buy something that was proven. And uh, it's Matt Hagen's old pro stock car when he first started uh, his NHRA stuff. And uh, it's um, they come with a 635 uh, Schmidt motor, one stage of nitrous. We ran it uh, the rest of that year. Um, end up kicking some push rods out of it at an NMCA meet uh, in Indianapolis uh, that I was invited to. And uh, that's when um, Philip Oakley walked up and said, uh, hey, I can fix that for you. And uh, my world changed after that after that weekend. Mm-hmm. And we put, uh, he fixed the 635, added another kit. Um, it was really quick for a 635. If, if I'm not mistaken, it was probably one of the fastest around, if not in the country, for 635, the ETs I was going. Uh, I was laying on it pretty hard, and we wanted to go a little faster. So he had come up with a 708 combination that was kind of quiet at the moment. Uh, at Then Tim Papp had been running the uh, a version of that, and then um, uh J.B. Strasswig had the exact same motor I had. He basically debuted it for Oakley. Okay. And uh, we put one of those in there, and it, I had EFI on the 635, so switched it over and run that that 708 for two years, basically flawless. Um, and then just Dad and I got sick of the nitrous. We were just tired of it, carrying the bottles. You know, he's 77 now, and, and God helping me, he, he, he works me to death damn near. <laughs> And I just, him being around that, having to get the bottles in and out of the trailer when I couldn't get there when we got home, unloading the car, we just opted to go the centrifugal. Past 10 years of centrifugal's life has changed. The the world of centrifugal blowers in the past 10 
it's so much different. So that made it the choice for us very easy. Yeah, so you run last year where you kind of accumulate most of these points on nitrous, and then at the end of the season you go, enough's enough's. Like, enough's let's, enough. Yeah, let's let's change this thing and let's go to um, centrifugal. And um, I guess the two major players are uh, Procharger and Vortec. Um, How did you make your decision there? We made our decision. Um, you know, Philip had kind of already had it in his mind what he wanted to do. Um, PRI, we uh, in uh, the 2018 PRI really set it in for us. You know, I got to handle both the, the Pro Charger and the Vortec, and they're both awesome companies. Um, we just went with the Vortec brand for the. I liked the oiling system of the Vortec. Um, you know, I liked the compactness of the gear change or of the of the gear train. It is a um, upgradable and downgradable bull, uh, blower system, you know, as it sits in the car. I can change components without having to send it back or send it anywhere. Um, you know, if I want to speed the blower up, obviously I can change the gear set. But if I want to change the efficiency efficiency of that blower, I can change the actual wheel and the housing right there in the car, go out and make another pass. I don't have to take it off the car, heat up any shafts or anything like that, press anything apart. You know that's their one of their little niches, and then the quality um, is, in our in our opinion, was was uh, second to none with the with the Vortec, and they've been great. Well, and and people should uh... Pro Charger is a great company. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything like that. We we just opted to go the Vortec way. Right, and I think what's important to know is from what you do on a daily basis. I mean, you're constantly putting engines on the dyno and what you do on a daily basis is mess with this stuff to try to get the right um you know the optimum setup and so more the more the better for you personally correct correct they also help us out here at school um you know a little bit and you know at apd and and all the rest of the guys that we spot that uh, philip and i use they, they they help us out tremendously their technical support um and Lance at uh, at uh, Vortec, he's been great. Um, so I mean, that's about all I can say. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I remember seeing you at the Midwest Pro Mod Series early in the year, and you were kind of shaking it down. Then you go to Columbus um, and run the event there. How um, you had a pretty good outing there. Columbus. I end up going out at three cars. Okay. You know, I end up. Uh, I can't remember if I red lit or just broke out. Uh, it's, uh, but you know, that's what allowed me to really get this all-star thing lined out, um, going those rounds and, and everybody above me all was out first or second round. Yeah. So, you know, trying to get a handle on the engine, you know, Philip and I are, we're moving tune-ups around, we're moving weight, trying to keep the front end down. There was one pass. You know, at that uh, at the St. Louis when we originally went out to do some testing at uh, I don't know if it was the NMCA or OSCA or whoever it was actually probably a Jake Super Quick race mm-hmm. that uh, you know the front wheels you know they really didn't turn until I hit the finish line um, you know when I let go of the trans brake button the front end was off the ground it didn't come down until the end of the track you know <laughs> it just happened to be going straight so I mean it, it that required a call to Bickle. And, and Jerry helping me set up the four link in the back, getting it straight to handle, you know, 
the nitrous is a you know a hit off the instant. You know, as soon as you let that trans break go loose, you know, boom, the power is there. Centrifugal's not that way. I mean, you've got to have RPM in the engine, um, and that's what we were fighting. So we threw we threw a big tune up at it, and it was just enough to get the front end up. But as soon as that thing hits 4,800 or so, you know, 45, 4,800, it starts making the boost. It just went to the moon. It just set it right back on the bars, and it was gone. So we made a weight change and a four-link change, and uh, we are where we are today. So. And, and what, uh, what level of boost are you throwing at that thing? Um, not as much as it will take, but uh, at the top of the gear change, we're at 28 to 30. Um, at top of the, at the, at the, when it changes gears, it goes from first to second, second to third. Gotcha. On the two-step, I'm somewhere around six pounds something like that so not a whole lot of not a whole lot of pressure you know so that we're trying to play with stator um, converter dump valves you know to help this thing get off the line make it think it's got a loose converter on the hip so we can get some more preamps i get that 60 foot down is that a new Uh, change adding the dump valve to the converter that is brand actually i don't even have it done yet okay Um, companies have been doing it for years on the pro mod stuff and the big little tire cars um you know, just to try to smooth the transition when the boost comes in or, uh, you know, whatever they need it for. So, um, but even Mr. Rossler told me to, uh, okay. Mr. Rossler told me to try this. So, uh, <laughs> whatever he says, I, I do to that tranny. So smart. Yeah. He's been doing it a long time. Um, <laughs> but you, you had your nice outing in Columbus without the dump valve then, and you kind of feel like, Hey, I, I got this thing rolling a little bit. Um, walk us through the Chicago weekend. I mean, when you're going up there, it's not a long trip from Terre Haute, but uh, how, how does it feel when you're rolling in the gates? And, and walk us through that weekend. That weekend was uh, was exciting lead up lead up to that weekend. You know, I had talked to Philip um, extensively uh, about you know the tune up and you know what we, what did we want to accomplish. And I said, well, obviously not to sound kind of hokey. You know, said it'd be it'd be nice to win the All Stars. That'd be that'd be kind of tickle, right. and then double up and and uh, and uh, win the national event at the same time. Well, how are we going to do that? <laughs> we got to get from A to B the same every time. Mm-hmm. So we picked, um, uh, you know, just kind of took some power out of it down low, and it just made the car um, respond to the power it had, and, and we knew that. You know the tune-up it was in. It's nothing new. It's it's not a. It's just a little timing retard on the hit. Other than that, it's it's nothing fancy. But we knew from two previous tracks that it would get down the track. Uh, we put a new set new set of skins on the back of it from Hoosier, um, the, the race before. So we knew the starting line shouldn't be a problem. Um, you know, usually nitrous cars. You know, big nitrous cars. They'll rip the sidewalls out of those out of the tires. So. Those tires were from last year, so we we just let's put a new set on before we mm-hmm. go, Jags. Sure. And uh, hung a couple more pounds up front just for security, and the oil change and everything. We even gave her a fresh set of spark plugs, and uh, it just it just clicked. You know, a red lit third round, unfortunately, on the uh, second or third round of the national event, and that uh, kind of kind of spoiled it a little bit. You know, kind of dump me in the dumps mm. or put me in the dumps a little bit for my attitude against the jigs but um you know once again philip being a seasoned racer he came over and kind of smacked me on the back of the head and straighten up mister 
type deal. And, <laughs> and uh, here's what we're going to do. Here's he was instrumental on the dialing, you know, because he he runs the same kind of the same combination in his dragster. So he kind of knew where the weather was going to move around a little bit, where I didn't. And uh, he he was right there dialing the car. You know, hey, it's going to move here. It's going to move this. No, leave it alone. It's going to run identical. And you know, I had four passes. Um, you know, on the race pack, they're lay right overlay right over the top of each other that were identical. They would look like one complete line from RPM and drive shaft. It was just amazing. Um, the track was great. That helped a bunch. But other than that, just get from A to B. That's what we had to do. Yeah, and tell tell our listeners, you said you pulled some power out. What what were you dialed over the weekend? Uh well we pulled we never we just I never touched the tune up once we got to the track. What we did was we have been trying for, you know, my goal with that is to go 20s. Okay. And um, so we kind of thought we threw a 20 tune-up in there, and it would go out and rattle the tires off at about 80 feet, 100 feet, just the boost just coming in too aggressively. So we just took that and just turned that way down, just pulled that, that timing down and um, – not to get so much aggressive with it up front. And that's what it is. Down track, it's the same as it's always been. You know, 24, 25 degrees of timing at 30 pounds. That's what I got. That's what I've always had. So, um, Philip, he's, he's, a, he's a safe tuner. Yep. You know, he, he's, he's not going to blow your stuff up. Um, that's farthest from his mind. Now, I think if you, if you want him to, he probably would, but... Um, <laughs> He's a very conservative tuner, and and it shows. I mean, his stuff lasts. He goes rounds. His stuff goes rounds. Yeah, there's no doubt. And when you say safe tune, what is that? A forty six? Is that about like mid forties? Is that about right? Uh, forty six. Yeah, that's a mid. I went uh, what three or four passes, four fifty one, eight to four fifty two two. Okay. You know. Wow. You know, or excuse me, six, not fours. Um, 652, two to, you know, all the way down to, um, 651.8, somewhere around in there was my, was my window of, uh, of movement. And then the weather kind of came in and changed for the, for the day of the all-stars. So that's when we kind of moved down in the, in the forties and it kind of just planted right there at 48 and stayed. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, you know, a lot of people laugh and say, listen, you, um, you went and ironed things out in Columbus. You change the oil and plugs. You you detune it and then go 46, 48. I mean, that that would be unheard of years ago, right? I mean, it just we would have destroyed everything um, and be leaning on it as much as we could to go, uh, you know, mid-40s in a door car. Yeah, and I, I haven't been around this top sportsman, this real fast stuff for – for a very long time, but I've learned over the years that, you know, Division Three is the fastest we've got. Um, so, I mean, if you're here, you know, you you better you better have enough. Right. If you want to play that low qualifier game, it's still bracket racing. Yep. You know, I mean, i got to put a dial on a windshield. i got to run it. I have to run a – I just have to be in the field. We choose to be in the 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Some guys want to be 15, 16, 17 perfect yep we just choose to be in the in the top half of the field it doesn't have anything to do with money you know that's where we wanted to be so it, it cost a little bit to get up there 
But with this centrifugal stuff, you know, it doesn't cost as much as you think it does. Compared to big nitrous motors, big cubic inch, 800 stuff, you know, it's it's considerably cheaper. What uh, what's the biggest change you have to make sure that um, you have a handle on in terms of the engine uh, when you go to the con- uh, centrifugal? I mean, is it is it hard on valves? Is it? Um, what, you know, I'm not going to speak for. I, I think I know where you're going. I'm not going to speak for Philip on this uh, whatsoever. Um, you know, so I can't really say it's hard on this compared to this. Um, you know, I can tell you what this engine's done, and it's moved to zero. I haven't touched a single valve, <laughs> and we got 25 or 30, 25 passes on this thing or 30 passes. Um, you know, I haven't touched it. Uh, has it hit its maximum boost of 40 pounds or so, 42, 43? No. Do I want it to? No. Right. Uh, 30s, 30s plenty. I go all year put new rings and bearings in it, and come back out. Um, I don't really think at my tune-up setup it's really hard on anything. Um, EGTs are nice and nice and low. Um, it's it's much easier on the engine than, you know, shoving a bunch of nitrous in there and, and uh, in my opinion so far, yeah. controlling nitrous. Well, and you're used to blowing stuff up. I mean, you 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 put stuff on dyno specifically to blow it up sometimes, don't well, you? <laughs> yeah, what it has to do with the school and the students and stuff like that in the class. But uh, you know, uh, don't blow up anything of value. You don't definitely. Right. Uh, the Ford guys would love that because I like blowing up those small block Chevys. But you know, the worn out ones. You know, just to show the students, you know, what happens yeah. when you know something goes wrong or. You got too much of an oxidizer in a cylinder and not enough fuel. Here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, I got to start working on that. We're going to have to do another one here shortly. Well, you had <clears throat> you had everything go right for you um, in Chicago. Um, tell us tell us what you were thinking, feeling when when you see the wind light come on in your lane in the final. In that final against Lester, I was yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous as. Uh, is as anybody could be, um, anybody should be. I mean, Lester, he's an excellent driver. He's a great racer. He's a good friend. Um, he's just, he's been in that position a lot more than I have. He knew what to do. You know, he should have known what to do better than I do, um, whether that was good or bad. I don't know. He had been, I've never been in a winning spot like that. I've been in a final round, but not of a Jake's All-Star. Right. So that much pressure on you, you know, I, and and I got to back up to Philip again. He says, I want you to roll five in the box. You just put five in the box. Don't make that ten. Well, and ten it, in the box. And the reason and, is because how many people were been, watching that? Were going, people were going red. Yeah, and, and yeah. how many people were in the stands watching that? Were, was the stands full when you pulled I into the water box? I cannot answer that question. Never looked. <laughs> I never looked Smart. from down track or watching what Lester was doing. I, you know, I can't even, I don't even remember letting go of the button. All I do is, all I remember is when the car started to move, I'm looking out the left, the driver's window, looking for a green or red streak. Yeah. You know, looking for that. Is it clean and green? Nothing yep. but green. So now we got to move to mode two. Mode one was, you know, if I was green and he was red on the hit, quite honestly, I hate to do it, but I'm just going to lift and get out of it. 
you know, I don't want to take a chance of crossing the center line and maybe tangling us both up. You know, <clears throat> a lot of racers don't like that. Um, but in that situation, that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that wasn't happening, so now we got to go to plan B. we got to go down the other end to dance. So, you know, right off the get-go, I know he's pulling away from me. I can't catch him. I can't reel him in. I don't have enough ponies under the hood of that to catch him with the tune-up I had, nor could I catch him ever. That car's fast. Yeah. And, um, I mean, everybody knows what that car will do. But uh, so he just keeps pulling away from me. Finally, I just said, you know, this is – there's no way I'm going this fast. You know, he's – something's going on. So right at the end, I just kind of get out of it and um, just so happened to be on, dead on. You know, and that's uh, – you know, the wind light comes on, and it's like – Oh, really? (laughs) Just pulled this one off. I was like, I get around the corner and they're trying to direct me which way to go. And one guy's telling me to go left. The other was telling me to go right. And so I just kind of park it there and, you know, and I'm trying to get out and there's a couple cameras down there. They're leaving me alone. But, uh, you know, leading up to that race, I was not nervous between rounds, Um, but I was, I was nervous when I let go of that button. I was nervous. That's mm-hmm. when it really hit. Mm-hmm. Like, huh, here we go. Yeah. I threw the I threw the dice down. We'll see if we'll see where they go. Yeah, so uh that it's uh what, five grand to win that race and then um just Contingen- the, yeah. And then the and then the contingencies and, and Jegs just does such a super job um with what the way I understand it is making you guys feel like pro racers that day. They were. They were awesome. Um, it's like I said, this is my first, you know, event with the Jigs All-Star, and um, I don't want it to be the last one. It, how they threw it on, um, you know, we had some weather stuff moving around, so there was some rushing. But um, other than that, um, the Jigs bunch was, uh, they were great. I can't say anything bad about it at all. Yeah, and I, I have no doubt that you'll get back there if that's what you want to do. Um, talk to us about who all is, uh, you know, kind of in your camp outside of your dad, who who you've mentioned, uh, who uh, Phil Oakley, and who else has all been very helpful. Well, we've got uh, you know, Philip has been, you know, he's the man when it comes to this. We wouldn't be where we are without him. You know, then his group of guys that he uses: Diamond Piston, Brodex, uh, APD Carburetors. Um, just that that whole group of, of of people that he uses, and, and I kind of feel bad. I don't really know. Couldn't even tell you. I, I think it may be uh, Urson camshaft that's in that engine, but I'm not sure. Um, still quote me on that. But uh, you know, who's your tire? Rossler transmission. Carl's been great. He picks up the phone, makes you feel like you're a you're you're his number one customer. Um. And then, you know, the gentleman over the winter that did all the conversion for us because, you know, I don't, I'm a teacher, I'm not a welder. So, uh, you know, Paul Dudley and uh, the owner of uh, Ed Dudley's uh, Top Dragster, um, we all know the Dudley Dudley boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul did uh, all the the front end bracketry, moved the cross members around and and built the the, uh, air tube and, and mounted that stuff. Um, just because he's a he's a great fabricator and he did it really fast and um, uh, got it back to us so we could you know finish plumbing it and get it and 
be ready to go out weekend number one. He nailed it. There's no doubt about it. Um, guys, Bickle. <laughs> yeah, um, guys, girls, that was your 2019 Jegs All-Star Top Sportsman Champion, Kynan Dinkle. Kynan, good luck with the rest of the season, and uh, we will catch up with you down the road. Thank you very much, sir. Rex, we'll talk to you later, buddy. Thank you. Today's half-track report is presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. All right, guys, um, there was really only one um, divisional event this last weekend. Um, that was the Division One um, event out in Numidia. Um, so they competed in Top Dragster and Top Sportsman this week. So in Top Dragster, your number one qualifier um, from Muncie, Pennsylvania, Dalton Rolls. Um, he goes 623 with a 5 at 216 miles an hour. Um, unfortunately, he goes red in number one, so uh, round number one, so he doesn't really get a chance to uh, show what that thing can do later on. Um, but uh, Alden Miller gets the win over Jeff Taylor in the final. Alden goes 002. Uh, green and then runs a 698 two on a 697 dial. Uh, Jeff Taylor is uh, uh, behind on the starting line and and no match for Alden at that point. But uh, that was a really great race. Um, so congrats to Alden Miller for winning the Numidia Division One uh, championship over there um, this weekend. Um, on the top sportsman side. Um, it was a little light. There were only 16 cars there, so I'm not sure exactly what was going on. Um, I'll have to dig in a little bit and see if there was a weather issue or or if people just knew that uh, Ronnie Proctor was going to show up and um, go number one like he did. He uh, goes 669 with a 5 at 205 for the number one qualifying position there. Of course, he's your 2018 World Top Sportsman Champion. Um, but, uh, as it turned out, uh, Mike Newman gets the win over George Foster in the final, uh, Mike is, uh, uh, 23 on the tree and, um, goes to 76 on his 69, uh, 776 at 175 miles an hour on his 69 dial. Um, sorry, George Forrester. Um, is the runner-up in top sportsman at Namidia. Um, now let's let's take a little mi- minute to get you caught up on the national point standing. So on the NHRA side, in top dragster, your top five look like this. Ross Laris at the top, Aaron Stanfield, number two, Anthony Bertozzi, number three, Jeff Strickland, um, who Darian Bosch spoke about earlier, number four, and Wayne Landry is number five. On the top sportsman side, we've we've got longtime standout Sandy Wilkins sitting number one. Um, first in listener Dub Crumlich at number two. Bart Smith, who got off to that hot start early in the season, is sitting number three. Uh, Richard Okerman at number four, and then. Dual threat, Ed Olpin sitting at number five. So that group right there, um, all five of those guys in on the top sportsman side 
are dangerous, and um, the rest of the season should be highly, highly competitive. Um, as we go to the PDRA, so remember, PDRA has their top dragster and top sportsman elite uh, group, and then also their regular group. So on the top dragster elite side, it is first time uh, person in the water box for us. Kellen Farmer is sitting number one in the points. Um, another young guy there. Jody Stroud is number two. Nick Hamilton is number three. Russ Wilcock is number or Whitlock, sorry, is number four. And William Brown the third is sitting at number five on the top dragster elite side. So all five of those guys um in the hunt at this point in time in the game. On the top sportsman elite side for PDRA, uh your number one uh point um getter right now is Scott Moore. Number two is Tim Mulner, who just had a um, a nice win uh, recently, who we talked about last show. Randy Perkinson is number three, John Prime number four, and Donnie Urban number five. So uh, those are your five, top five points getters in the top sportsman elite group on the PDRA. Um, they also have their regular group or their quick 32. Um, so this is interesting. So the top dragster regular group for PDRA um, is an all-female uh, top three. So Kim Messer is number one, Angela Grankowski is number two, and Mandy Seal is number three. So all three of those in the top three there are all ladies competing for that, that championship. That's a neat twist on uh, what we would typically see, so good luck to all three of those ladies. Um, on the top sportsman side, then um, of the top sportsman regular group is Glenn Teets the third, Robbie Crenshaw, and also then Jeff Pittman sits at third there. So um, good group um, on the PDRA top dragster and top sportsman elite, and also on their regular side. Um, as we go to Midwest Pro Mod Series, um, top top dragster group now is. Uh, Wynette Hudson is starts um, in the number one spot. She has the t- top points getter so far. Uh, Steve McDermott, who's been on the show, is number two. Number three is Danny Nelson. Number four is Jimmy Sakovich. He's uh, been on the show here recently as well. And then Bob Hendry rounds out the top five. So the Midwest uh, Pro Mod Series top dragster is highly represented here on the program. Um, as well as um, on the top sportsman side, uh, Earl Faust is number one, uh, Bob Glitty number two, Kirk Pipke is number three, Marlon Goats number four, and then number five, um, our man Mick Snyder. So um, that is it. Those are your top five um, point standers in uh, across the across the board there for NHRA national event PDRA and Midwest Top Sportsman and uh, our Midwest Pro Mod Series on Top Sportsman, Top Dragster side. Next week, we will talk the NHRA national event in Bristol where Top Sportsman uh, will be held. And then we go up on the mountaintop in Denver for the Division 5 um, divisional event at Brandemere. That will all be next week. We'll get you caught up on the Half Track Report. 
Whoa, let's get out of the groove here just a little bit, and let's go to the NHRA event in Topeka. Hey, so if you were looking at the event schedule on Friday and you were reading through um, how that agenda and looked like, you would read it like this. Factory shock, stock showdown, pro mod, some dude, top fuel, funny car. What? How does some dude just get listed in between all the classes, the pro classes there? Um, except it wasn't just some dude. It was Larry freaking Larson. So he got, he does, he gets his own slot in the national event schedule. He was trying to set the world street car record. I believe that was 585 at the time. Um, but he has entered that same street car in top sportsman at that same event previously. So think about this. If you go through tech and you have your own slot on the national event schedule, you shouldn't be dodging potholes and slowing down through work zones. If you were at one time the number one qualifier in top sportsman at a national event, you should not be merging into traffic with teenagers texting on their phones. And if you put a 615 on the window and are going to go 240 miles an hour, you sure shouldn't be dodging minivans with soccer moms throwing fruit roll-ups and Capri Suns to their kids sitting in the third row with their cleats still on. But he did. That's how he rolls. And I'm guessing he really loves standing in line at the BMV, grabbing one of those numbers that tells you when you can come up and pay to re-tag your ride. The rest of the Hoopleheads hanging out with their numbers can barely tell which end of the their car is in the front, and he is built, owns, and drives the world's fastest street car or truck in this situation. So let's just hope someone recognizes him and lets him go to the front of the line there. And say what you want, um, but I have watched that dude turn that thing from a tow rig into a pro mod in about 35 minutes in drag week. Uh, he made me believe in Transformers. And he had me so freaked out that the Decepticons were coming, I went home and shot my microwave. It was not a great day for me. Um, As it turns out, this weekend he had a little bit of um, issue that did not allow him to set the new world record. Uh, But give it up for our man Larry Larson for having the stones to attempt that ridiculousness. As we hit the mile per hour cone, um, if you see the Facebook or Twitter post, please share. Um, Facebook is stifling us a little bit. They're shaking me down like an old school mafia um, boss. Um, Legitimately, they want their 30 pieces of silver just to share and make our post viewable. So um, it's going to it's going to come into what we do as a community to get the word out to the people that we think would enjoy and benefit from this show. So um, we are on iTunes now, um, certainly Facebook, Twitter, um, are, you know, we, you know that already. 
Google Play is next. I'm going to put my tech hat on and uh, get that get that working next. Um, but if there's a way that you like to listen to your podcast, if it's Podbean, if it's CastBox, it is whatever it is that you listen to podcasts and you're catching this for the first time and you go, hey, I'd, I'd like to listen, but that's not how I listen to podcasts. Let me know. Uh, give me, um, you know, just give me a message. You, you know, you can do that on Twitter. You know, you can do that on Facebook. You know, you can send an email, do that. That way I will make it easy for you to listen, but there are very many platforms out there for people to listen to. I'm not sure I can cover all of that. Um, so I want to know from you how you listen, and then I will make that happen. I'll make it easy for you. But at this point we're on, um, iTunes, we're on SoundCloud. Google Play is next. And then, as always, you can click the link and, and listen on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, that is the show. We took the stripe. We got the win light. And that is episode number eight. Let's pull the shoots on this week's episode. Hey, guys, it's been eight weeks, two months now. The show is catching on. Some of you are just getting hooked in, trying to figure it out, trying to stay up. Like I said initially, give it three weeks. You will be hooked. Uh, Just no sweat. You guys will get there. Um, It's already starting to happen. I'm getting comments, um, getting lots of good feedback. Hey, this is what we like. This is what we want to hear. But do this. Um, This is my request. Um, Subscribe to follow us and make comments. I mean, just go on the Facebook page if that's where you see us. Uh, if it's Twitter, if it's on SoundCloud, if it's on iTunes, make comments. Uh, it's not really for uh, my ego or anything. It's just how the algorithms are set up. But you just make any type of post. It doesn't matter. Say, my car is fast. You can say, um, hey, I follow directions. Or, um, you know, be fast or be last. I don't care. Um, it, do- it doesn't really matter. But comments and likes are good for the show. It uh, It helps us get the word out. Um, just like if you share and retweet um, the the post, that helps that helps get the word out um, immensely. Hey, you're already in. Relay it to someone who someone else who might be in too. Um, use us uh, at Fast Brackets at Twitter, the Fast Brackets podcast on Facebook. Um, but retweet, share to your friends so the word gets out. And um, hey, you know, just get it to anybody who might enjoy this as well. Uh, But that is it for episode number eight. We've made a full pass. We were dead on. We got the wind light in our lane today. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. This episode of the Fast Brackets podcast was presented by DragRaceLawyer.com. DragRaceLawyer.com, legal help on and off the track. Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is a longtime drag racer with over 25 years of experience in small business to large corporate legal work. For all your high-powered legal needs, get DragRaceLawyer.com. Man, your guests, they just keep getting better. Those guys were awesome. They're the champs for a reason. I mean, I, I'm glad to have them on. I think that's something we're going to do 
on a normal basis now. I think we can make that a tradition to get the all-star champs on. I am so excited. Yeah, and they're definitely grateful to be on. I mean, like, people are pumped that you're doing this. Yeah, it seemed to catch on, Rob. It's catching on, so... uh you know, the your high price um, is worth it. <laughs> I was more or less chalking it up to your charm and charisma. Mm, yeah, we'll we'll see. 